I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. This is an RNZ podcast. This week, will Disney's remake of Dumbo fly or flop? You have something very rare. You have wonder. You have mystique. Woman at War is an eco-terrorist comedy. Oh, very Icelandic. And what's scarier than being invaded by us? They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. Back in Hollywood's heyday, the era of Walt Disney and MGM, Cecil B. DeMille and Paramount Pictures, movies were produced with such relentless efficiency that the nickname for the process was The Dream Factory. The studios seemed like production lines, script departments coming up with ever-new stories, casting departments headhunting alluring new stars, art departments, music departments, all effortlessly combining to make timeless classics. Here at Capitol Pictures, as you know, millions of people look to us for information and uplift and, yes, entertainment. And we're going to give it to them. And action. An army of technicians and actors and top-notch artistic people are working hard to bring to the screen our biggest release of the year. It was a vast oversimplification, of course. Then, as now, there was no guaranteed formula for success, and the secret of many of the great films that came out of the first golden age was old-fashioned talent. We're at West Scene 12, take one. What's after the curtsies? Uh, After the curtsies, knee bend, then turn and shake. Got it. Camera set. Okay, back projection. Cue music. Action. Behind the glamour and glitter were hard-working professionals picking up stories, often in very raw states, then shaping them, handing them to smart, savvy directors to do the best job they could, and finally selling the hell out of them before moving on to the next project. But the Dream Factory, like any other business, was at its best when it was going up. When you're on a winner, money is seemingly no object. But when times are tough or businessmen get greedy, suddenly everyone's looking for ways to cut costs. 
I love you. 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 Did somebody get paid for writing that dialogue? And the first things to go often are the hard-working professionals behind the scenes who were quietly making it all happen. The flashy salesmen and glittery stars are kept on, of course, but suddenly there doesn't seem as much to sell, and the properties handed to the golden girls and boys start to look a bit threadbare. Turns out these things didn't make themselves. Who knew? I'm sitting in the audience. The lights go down. Captain Logo comes up. Well, among the people who did know were the smart cookies running the big franchises, both movies and on TV. And this week, among the rather desperate trailers for unattractive coming attractions, were two promoting something people really did want to see. I promise to fight for the living. I intend to keep that promise. One was the final season of TV's Game of Thrones, and the other was the climax of Marvel Comics' Avengers series. Neither of these titles were successful because of good luck, good timing, trendy stars or themes. They're each the product of an efficient factory, with everyone having a good day at the office. This is the fight of our lives. This is going to work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. But since so few people have the patience to put time, effort and money into building that kind of organisation from scratch, there's a growing dependence on the auteur, the hit-making genius who can pull a studio's irons out of the fire. Tim Burton, director of Batman, Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, now takes you to a completely different world, the true story of a Hollywood legend, Ed Wood. And action! This week, auteurs of all shapes and sizes. A quirky one from filmmaking Minnow Iceland, telling the story of the woman at war. A smart horror pick from Jordan Peele, who had the recent smash hit Get Out. But first, Tim Burton's back, this time with the whole power of the Disney Corporation behind him. Dumbo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Medici Family Circus. Where anything is possible and miracles happen. When the Disney Studios started doing live remakes of all its animated classics a few years ago, there were mixed feelings. 90% of those feelings were, stop, leave them alone. And the other 10% were a grudging, well, I guess today's kids haven't seen them and the originals are looking a little rusty. Which brings us to Dumbo. Welcome, baby Dumbo. We're all family here, no matter how small. Films like Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella could just about get away with a live-action version. They are, after all, old-fashioned fairy tales. But it's harder when you've got a film that's based on whimsy, not to mention flying elephants. Your children need you to believe in them. Come on! You can do it, Dumbo. Sure. 
The original 1941 Dumbo, the story of a baby elephant picked on for his gigantic ears, was an anomaly even among Disney animated features. For a start, it was half the length of most of them, the lead character didn't talk, most of the dialogue came from a talking mouse, and the punchline was led by a quartet of comedy crows who'd never make the cut in today's more sensitive climate. I seen a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I seen a needle that winked its eye. But I'd be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. What'd you say, boy? I said when I see an but degree of difficulty is no excuse for what they did to Dumbo. And when I say they, I suppose I mean auteur Tim Burton, who's certainly copying much of the blame for this dismal remake. But it's not entirely Tim's fault. I mean, the script was written two years ago. Did nobody read it? When Burton laid out what he was going to do to the charming story, i.e. ruin it, surely someone in the vast Disney Corporation must have noticed. You have something very rare. You have wonder. You have mystique. What Tim did essentially was start where the original left off. If you're a fan of the 1941 Dumbo, you'll remember that the tiny pachyderm's oral extensions turned out to be his biggest assets. Yes, he can fly. The end. You have magic. Wow! Come with me. Together we can soar on that elephant's wings. But Tim Burton, the man you may remember who improved Alice in Wonderland to death a few years ago, thinks there's more to the story. In fact, the more story bears so little resemblance to the original that you wonder if Tim had this one tucked away somewhere, waiting for a chance to produce it. Come on! Is that a monkey in your desk? Just for emergencies. Blending the tale of war veteran Colin Farrell returning to his job at the circus minus an arm with the story of Timothy Q. Mouse and the elephant who can fly seems a bit of a tall order. But Timothy Q. Burton rolls up his sleeves and gets to work. What's happening? Where are they taking her? Take Dumbo back inside. But she's his mom. Do something. First, he introduces two rival circus owners, a nice one played by Danny DeVito and a bad one played by Burton regular Michael Keaton. Then he gives Colin Farrell two adorable kids, Millie and Joe. They're the ones who discover that Dumbo can fly so long as he has a magic feather. He won't fly without a feather. Hmm. All right, Dumbo, give me a showstopper. Fly, Dumbo. This is a gross simplification of the original Dumbo feather plot device, but no matter, there are more simplifications coming up. They're called Easter eggs in the trade, winking references for those in the know, including passing shots of mice, pink elephants, storks, and snippets of the original tunes, including unforgivably several travesties of the classic Baby Mine. He doesn't look like magic to me. (laughs) 
two years ago, when the prospect of a photo-reel Dumbo was first raised, the general opinion of the great unwashed was this was never going to work. Well, it's not always the case, but this time the great unwashed was spot on. It's awful, and everyone involved should be ashamed. And now, introducing our world-famous flying elephant. Just when I thought I had seen everything. What do you think of that? Tim Burton's stock in trade, childlike, dark, gothic, has turned into an obsessive shtick now, the sort of thing you'd expect from a guy who's spent too long in an antique toy shop. Like a wooden toy elephant, this Dumbo resolutely refuses to fly. Fly, Dumbo. Fly, baby of There can't be many places that would consider New Zealand one of the bigger movie-making nations, but possibly Iceland, population about 340,000, is one of them. Nevertheless, the North Sea Island, best known for providing the chilly locations for Game of Thrones, makes a surprising number of movies, including the comedy drama Woman at War. Hala is certainly a heroine for 2019. She's a middle-aged woman who divides her time between conducting an amateur choir and a secret life as an eco-warrior. This woman is at war with a mighty Rio Tinto corporation, who are one of the major investors in Iceland, while at the same time, according to Hala, have declared war on the planet. So Hala feels it incumbent on her to do something and make a difference. You go, girl. Her secret weapon, the film suggests, is that as an older woman, she's all but invisible, particularly to the powers that be who've enlisted the police and the army to track down the mysterious mountain woman. <laughs> Now, I'm not sure how typically Icelandic woman at war is, but even by the standards of its Nordic neighbours, Sweden, Norway and Finland, it's deadpan eccentric. Hala may be a lone woman warrior, but she's never truly alone. If she's not being accompanied, literally as well as figuratively, by one three-piece band, accordion, drums and sousaphone, there's every possibility she'll be backed up by another trio, three female singers from, I gather, the Ukraine. The Ukraine connection needs a little clarification. Four years ago, Hala put in a bid to adopt a child, backed up by her twin sister. Bear with me here. Hala had forgotten all about it until now, just as the forces of the military-industrial complex start to close in on her. Mum. 
Now, I assume there's some musical imagery going on here. Maybe the Ukraine ladies are adding their own female element to the eco-warrior Umpa band. All right, I admit I'm floundering a little here. Along the way, Haller has offered plenty of more tangible support. Her new age sister, her choir, and from the youth of Iceland, who are fascinated by her crusade against big business. More practically, she's given help by a farmer who claims to be a distant cousin. The joke being that in a country as small and old as Iceland, pretty much everyone there is everyone else's cousin. Woman at War shares the same deadpan humour of some of our own rural comedies, and it benefits enormously from the lead performance of an actress with the challenging name Haldora Gaihas Dottir, playing more than one role. But how wholeheartedly you embrace women at war may depend on how comfortable you are with the whole eco-warrior thing. Taking the law into your own hands, in this case blowing up electric power pylons, requires a more confident view of your own infallibility than that of the rest of us. There's an old rule in the low-budget movie business, which is, when in doubt, make a horror film. They don't cost much, and there's every possibility you'll make your money back out of people coming in out of the rain. It's not always the case, of course, but it worked a treat for a brilliant little genre film called Get Out. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! (laughs) Rose, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Rose, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose! Writer, director of Get Out was a first-timer called Jordan Peele, best known up until then as a comedian. But while Get Out had plenty of gags in it, the underlying horror was a novel take on racial politics in the US. So, understandably, there's been a lot of interest in the follow-up, Us. Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me and I'll keep you safe. The shortcomings of many horror films is that they're often riddled with clichés. It's a vampire film or a monster movie. It's a homicidal maniac in a dark house or an ancient curse. But Us dips into that source of unpredictable tales of mystery and imagination, Rod Serling's old TV series The Twilight Zone, for its inspiration. You know how sometimes things line up? Coincidences? Since we've been up here, they've been happening more and more. It's like there's this black cloud hanging over us. 
Us opens with a preamble set in the 1980s, an era of optimism of President Reagan's Hands Across America, and also, lest we forget, a period of some classic horror films, often involving families. A little girl gets lost at a fairground in the beach resort of Santa Cruz. When she comes back, she's deeply traumatised. I feel like it means like she's getting closer. Who? The mirror girl? You don't believe me. I, 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 I do. I do. I'm, I'm processing. Okay? Cut to the present day and the little girl, all grown up now and played by Black Panther's Lupita Nyong'o, has a family of her own. The family is Afro-American, but otherwise couldn't be a more traditional, old-fashioned Steven Spielberg family. That's a classic right there. Dad's a lovable idiot, Mum rules the roost, there's a teenage daughter, Zora, and a younger son, Jason. And they're going on holiday to, wait for it, Santa Cruz. What does I got five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Writer Jordan Peele has made the point that this isn't a family defined by its blackness any more than the family in Jaws, say, was defined by their colour. But Us is certainly a film defined by the fact that Peele has seen plenty of movies in his time. He even has Jason wear a Jaws T-shirt in an ominously familiar scene by the beach. Can't believe how big they've got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! There are visual quotes from everything from the birds and vertigo to big and the shining throughout us, but they don't prepare us for the plot, which is straight from the unpredictable Twilight Zone playbook. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scare a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. One night, a family turns up outside their house that looks unnervingly like an exact copy of them. Mum, Dad, Princess, Junior. And they've got more on their mind than a neighbourly visit. Once they arrive, us ramps up the suspense, the action, and it has to be said, the bewilderment. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. In a story with as little traditional familiarity as the invasion of the weird doppelgangers, all bets are clearly off. Where do they come from? What do they want? What are their powers? And what does it take to kill them? What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. 
Like many of today's most successful horror films, A Quiet Place, Suspiria, Hereditary and the rest, the lead is a woman. Though in this case that's complicated by the fact that Lupita Nyong'o plays both the lead member of the threatened family and the leader of the invaders. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. And we kill them. As he did in Get Out, Jordan Peele offers more than we're expecting, though he dials back the comedy here. Also, unlike Get Out, Us seems more enthusiastic about showing off the filmmaker's chops, not just by displaying his influences, but keeping us off balance to the last moment and beyond. If you like your horror films twisty and turny as well as scary, Us is definitely one for you. It's interesting that the next project Gordon Peele has taken is as the Rod Serling-type narrator in a remake of the old Twilight Zone series. Who better, obviously? Well, it's time we left this dimension. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.